Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm an IVF warrior and infertility advocate using my platform to spread awareness about infertility. And I'm Elizabeth. I'm a certified fertility coach, life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. I'm here to support and serve the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your baby home and everything along the way. Welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Where we talk about the dreams and dilemmas of life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. We hope you enjoy this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Hi there, and welcome back to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Today we have Rita with us. She is going to help us learn more about healing our bodies with sound and crystals through her work. So Rita, welcome. And can you tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do and, and how people can help their fertility journey with this experience? Absolutely. First of all, thank you for the welcome. I'm very excited to be here uh, and to participate in all of this and to give you a little bit more insight as to who I am and what I do. So I am a a natural born psychic. I do have certifications in advanced tarot studies, but I also serve as an energy healer. I have certifications in IET, which is called Integrated Energy Therapy, as well as Crystal and Vibrational Healing. So the sacred tools that I use for my healings uh, would include a variety of crystals, minerals, as well as various musical instruments like uh, Tibetan singing bowls. I use buffalo drums for shamanic drumming, rain sticks, chimes, tuning forks. Basically, the sky is the limit. If it makes a sound, I can use it. And my mission is to restore connectedness to body, mind, and spirit, and to bring forth your very best self. And when these three things are in harmonious alignment, that's when we've opened up the door to self-healing. That sounds so amazing and so beautiful. Can you, for anyone who's listening that doesn't know what energy healing is on a whole, can you explain that a little bit? Sure. I mean, the basic part of what I do has to do with balancing the chakras. So chakras are the spiritual and energy centers of the body. Now chakra, that's a Sanskrit word. And basically what it means is wheel or vortex. So the concept has its roots in um, Hinduism and Buddhism. So basically the belief is that when a chakra becomes out of balance, it creates a blockage or the chakra has become overactive or underactive. So this can result in different physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional changes. Now, there are numerous chakras throughout our system, but my work centers on what I call the basic seven. So that's your root, your sacral, your uh, solar plexus, your heart, your throat, third eye, and the crown chakra. And each of these seven chakras correspond to different areas of the body. So in addition, they also correspond to colors, and the elements. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. So when I'm asked to perform a healing, and let's say, especially for in this case, we're talking more about fertility, or people with fertility challenges, balancing all the chakras does come into play. But my primary focus is on three out of the seven. Okay. So the first one that I focus on is the root chakra, or what's called the muladhara. 
And that's the first chakra of the body. And it's located at the base of the spine. It's associated with the color red. So the role of the chakra is to connect your body, mind, and soul with the element of earth. So the chakra is very feminine by nature, right? So what it's really doing is it's connecting you to mother earth. And the word mother is very important in this case because that's what this is all about. Mm -hmm. This is all about motherhood and being a mom and connecting with mother earth. So it's what keeps us grounded and it directly correlates with your reproductive organs. So if you're a female, it's connecting you to the ovaries. If you're male, it's connecting you to the testes. And it, it's not just about fertility with this chakra, but it's also about your sexual health. So now the okay. second chakra that I focus on, that's the uh, the sacral chakra or the um, swish, it's hard to pronounce the Indian names, but it's the swish chakra. <laughs> and that's the second chakra. And that's located below the navel in the lower, uh, in the lower, center of the belly. Okay. And that's associated with the color orange. The element it's connected to is water. And it's linked to the kidneys as well as the reproductive organs. And what I've learned in a lot of my research is the kidneys are very, very much linked to fertility, especially in Chinese medicine. It's not just about the reproductive organs or other things, but the kidneys are important. The water is very important staying hydrated and making sure that that filtration system is in tip top shape. I mean, aside from other things like the thyroid and you know all of that. Right. And it also links to the sexual health as well as fertility. And then the third one that I find important in this work is your heart chakra, otherwise known as the Anhata. Now that's the fourth chakra and it's linked, uh, it's located rather in the center of the chest at the heart level. And it's uh, the color correspondence for this one is green. So it relates to the heart. It relates to the lungs and the thymus. And it's associated with air. Now, what's important here is the lungs and air. It's all about the breath. I can't stress how important breath is in all of your healing work in, in your daily life. And what it does is it encourages I guess what you would say, free flowing openness. And it's where our sense of love and nurturing come from and all of our healthy relationships with ourselves and others. So when I say that I'm an energy healer, the basic thing that I'm doing is making sure using different modalities that all of these chakras are in beautiful balance. That's amazing. And yeah. is that something you can do? Like if you're not, because I know with COVID, is that something you can do if you're not with that person or is, do you need your patient to actually be physically there? No, actually, it's very interesting that you're mentioning this because <laughs> what I've really gotten into uh, now because of COVID is distance healing. Okay. And what this involves for me, okay, what I do is I start with a brief consultation over the phone. Because uh -huh. I want to find out what your needs are and what your expectations are. Then we disconnect and I visualize the body's central channel and the body system and your energy field. And using my empathic intuition, I then make a crystal healing grid. Now, a crystal healing grid is basically taking crystals and putting, well, first of all, choosing crystals based on your need and putting those in a geometric shape, sacred geometry, okay? 
basically a crystal grid involves setting up the crystals, putting in the intent to manifest something. And in this case, we're you know looking to manifest healing. And then what I do to activate and energize the grid is I incorporate the sound therapy, whether it's the bowls, whether it's the drumming. And I activate the grid. And during this time, I my client is laying in a relaxed, comfortable position somewhere in their home in a safe, sacred space where they can focus on their breathing and just absorb the energy of the healing. And you could turn around and say, well, I can't believe that that works. And can I tell you it actually does? And I'm so sorry. That's my dog in the background. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> She's actually one of my biggest clients. It actually, you know, and you could say, well, that sounds crazy. How could that possibly work? It's like the power of prayer. And I don't mean to bring religion into it, but people pray from all over the world for the common good and things happen. It's that right. energy of prayer. It's the same thing here. And then after the session is over, I will reconnect with the client. We go over any of the questions they have, any of the insights. I take a picture of the grid and I text it to them and they can either keep it on their phone to refer to, or they can um, print it out as a picture and have it with them whenever they need to look at it and go into their meditative place. So is this a like one and done type of situation, Rita? Or is it something that if you have kind of stuff going on chronically, you do it like once a month or? Okay. So as a general, as a general question, I have had people come here for one session and they're done. Mm -hmm. Uh I have had people come for multiple sessions and this is for various things. Yes. Fertility is one of them. I have a client. She doesn't step on a plane until she comes for a crystal healing. And she literally does it on her way to the airport. I have people that have other chronic issues. And actually how I got into this is I suffer from autoimmune problems, um, not fully diagnosed, went to doctors for a long time, lots of medical tests. They, you know, I have chronic body pain. They throw the term fibromyalgia at you because they really don't know what else to call it. And I was becoming very disheartened with Western medicine. And I started to investigate for myself other modalities that I could use for self-healing. And crystals really resonated with me because I've been a lover of stones. I've collected rocks my entire life, but never really thought of them as a healing tool. Mm -hmm. And once I started to do that investigation, I started doing it on myself and I was noticing a difference. My dog, she's a rescue greyhound. And when she was rescued, She has a very bad hip and she was on a lot of very expensive medication, including glucosamine. None of it was working. So when I started to really get into the crystals, I started doing crystal therapy on her and I noticed a huge difference. She's off the medication for years, has never gone back to it. And when she has a flare up, we go back and we do some more healing. So this is what got me. Yeah, it really is. This is what got me excited about it. And I think one of the big things that I love is that dogs don't understand a placebo effect. Mm -hmm. It's not like I can say to my dog, hey, listen, this is gonna work. So when I see, when I've done the animals that I've been able to treat, some of the dogs, some of the cats, and the owner is seeing a difference and there's no placebo effect that, that the animal can comprehend, I know it's working. So you actually do other people's animals as well? Yes, I do. That's so cool. Yeah, and I have children. I'm sorry. From a distance also? I haven't since COVID done a distance healing. I have done in-person healings with animals, but I have not had the pleasure yet of doing an animal distance healing. No. Okay. I haven't done any of them in person. 
I know when my dog was sick before she passed, I was doing acupuncture and chiropractic and taking her to all the things. Um, so I, I definitely would do something like this, um, for sure for my animal, but obviously bringing us back to fertility. Mm -hmm. So we were talking earlier about different, um, diagnosis that people have. So Kelsey, for example, do you want to tell your story and kind of ask Brita some of the questions about your situation? Yeah, I guess I was just curious. I was like, oh, like, you know, cause I know you can cure people and really truly help them. But for my diagnosis, I have blocked tubes. So mm-hmm. is that something that if I came to you, like it's something that, you know, with a few sessions, it could potentially help or is it more so maybe other diagnoses that you kind of specialize in that like it, you would find more effective? Okay. So first of all, I want to make it very clear that with crystal healing, as with any other healing modality, there are never guarantees. Mm-hmm. So I could not in good conscience, turn around and tell anyone, regardless of what they're here for, Hey, this is going to work hundred percent. Right. Have course. I seen one results? I absolutely have. Is it a guarantee? Yeah. No, it is not. Now, what I will say is as far as the blocked tubes are concerned, I might mm-hmm. not be able to help there, but I want to tell you about a very interesting study that I read about. Um, when did I read about this? I think last year, okay. um, there was a study, uh, that was in the, I think it's the international journal of obstetrics and gynecology. I think that's the name of the, the article of the journal that I found this in. And they were talking about patients, uh, that were going through the in vitro process, which it sounds like that's, you know, where you're, where you're at. Uh And what they did was, and this has to do more with, with the sound therapy than it does with the crystal therapy. Okay. What they did was, uh, they took the, um, I'm going to call it the sample, whatever word you would like to use that w- during in vitro development prior to implantation. Okay. And what they did was they played various types of music. They played hard rock. They played classical. They played different types of music in, in, in one group. And then in another group, no music was played. And what they found was, first of all, different types of music caused sound vibration which could affect the embryo, you know, whatever you want to call this the, differently. I don't know what the scientific term is. I'm sorry. Um, but in addition, what they found was that in the, in the samples where no music was played and versus the samples where there was music played, there was a 4.8, uh, 4.82% increase in fertilization. Wow. Uh huh. It sounds like a small number, but if you're in that 4.82%, it's pretty impressive. So yeah, cool. I can't turn around and necessarily say that vibrational energy will help a blocked tube. I will tell you this, it can't hurt. And one right. of the things I've noticed too is, you know, a lot of this has to do with relaxation, not that anxiety causes infertility, but infertility definitely causes anxiety. And crystals can only help your process regardless of where in process you are, as well as sound therapy, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that stat with us. Yeah. Are there a few crystals that um, you recommend? I I see actually a lot of girls in our community that have like, I think it's the rose quartz one. Are there any like ones that you recommend for fertility? Yes, yes, yes. 
Yes, yes, so many. But I'll tell you what um, what I use. So first of all, it's basically known that when crystals are held close to the body, it mm. can change the human electromagnetic field in a positive way, right? So while healing occurs, the crystals are absorbing the body's negative energy and releasing positive energy that the body absorbs throughout the healing process. So it kind of creates like an energy level equilibrium. So okay. I use what I call my heavy hitters for this process. So when I'm dealing with the root chakra, I use stones with a reddish hue because that's the color association with that chakra, right? So one of the things I use is red jasper. Red jasper is great for fertility, but it also helps to boost the immune system. Okay. I also like to use red garnet because that increases energy flow throughout the body. Okay. Now, believe it or not, this may be a shocker. I have some men that have come to me for fertility. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, one of the things I like to use for a man is cinnabar. And that's great if he has a low sperm count. Okay. okay. So it's not just the women. It's not just the women. I have some very enlightened men <laughs> that have come to see me as well. Now, when I'm dealing with the sacral chakra, it's all about the color orange. So I use wolfenite. Wolfenite is actually a mineral. And it's okay. great for women that are suffering from endometriosis and PCOS. In addition, I use carnelian because that's also good for fertility, but it also enhances sexuality, which is very important during this process. Sometimes during the process, you're not feeling as sexy maybe, and it's more of a, of a work thing. It becomes a job and that stone will help bring, bring your sexy back. Okay. I also love to use Baltic Amber. Now that's not really a crystal. That's actually fossilized tree sap. However, okay. It's incredibly calming. It's beautiful. And it's great for relieving pain. So those are my heavy hitters for that chakra. When I'm dealing with the heart chakra, it's very much about the color green. So I'll use green jade because that makes you, I mean, aside from the prosperity and all of these things associated with green stones, when we're talking about fertility, it helps to make you feel less anxious and more confident. So that the entire fertility process becomes more enjoyable as well. Also, one of the best crystals for fertility and pregnancy is green aventurine. That stone is, it does so many fabulous things. So if you don't have green aventurine, you have to go and get some. And you spell that, that that second word? How do you spell that second word? A-V-E-N-T-U-R-I-N-E, aventurine. Okay, like adventure, but yeah, with without okay. the D. Okay. okay. And basically that helps to foster trust in yourself and in your process. And that creates harmony throughout the body. That's Plus, awesome. it can also help you work through any um, lingering emotional issues that could trigger an energy block. Now, okay. I also use rose quartz. Okay. Even though that's pink, it's directly linked to the heart chakra. And it's known as the stone of unconditional love. So it's essential for fertility because it's opening up your heart core. Okay. It's opening it up. It fills you with self-love and self-worth. And it can relieve feelings of guilt or tension when, which may arise because this pregnancy process might not be happening as quickly as you would like it to. Now, other great stones for fertility. Moonstone. Awesome. Unikite, and that's spelled U-N-A-K-I-T-E. 
ruby in zoisite. So that's ruby and included in zoisite stone, and that's Z-O-I-S-I-T-E. Now, you can wear a lot of these stones as jewelry. You can put them in a velvet pouch and take them with you wherever you go. Uh, people laugh when they pick up my pocketbook because they say, do you have rocks in there? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> they go with me wherever. Okay. Now, what you can also do is you can put them in your bath. Very relaxing. But okay. you have to just make sure, do a quick Google search and make sure that the crystal that you're using is not water soluble and have a low... Uh, a low reading on what's called the most scale of hardness. And you can put like, if you put selenite into the bathtub with you, the selenite will be gone by the end of the bath. Oh, no. So, but to put some amethyst in your bath for relaxation is amazing. Now you can also make a gem elixir. I do not do this with my clients, um, but you can definitely do this. I suggest you would do this on your own. And what that involves is you can put certain gemstones in water, and let that power overnight and then drink the water the next day. You can leave the crystals in there. Uh, amethyst is a great one for that, rose quartz, okay? But again, you wanna make sure that the crystal is water soluble as well as non-toxic because there are certain crystals that you can put in water and they're toxic to the system. Okay. So a Google search will let you know which, you know, if you have a certain crystal in mind, just do a quick Google search and you'll find out whether or not that's toxic. That's the only reason why I don't incorporate it in my home. I prefer to use the hands-on healing or the crystal, you know, the hands-on crystals or the crystal gritting, but definitely explore these things. Also place the stones yourself on and around your body. It feels amazing. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you put them in specific areas, like a certain stone in a specific area? Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. So if you're dealing with the root chakra, Okay, which I said is located down at the base of the spine. When you're laying down, it's going to be kind of like the area between your legs. Okay? okay, place them there. Place the stones for the sacral chakra on that lower part of the abdomen. And you can lay down. And I recommend if you're doing this and you can, you know, it's better. I don't have this. I don't have my clients naked in my <laughs> here. But if you're home, I yeah. suggest you do it naked. Because this way, you're, the stone is right on your skin and you're absorbing all of that vibrational energy in the natural way in which it's intended, just like when your baby is born. Do you need to energetically clean them bef- like when you purchase them? Do you yes. recommend doing some sort of like absolutely literally cleaning about- them or a magnet to clean them or what do you suggest? No, I don't. Well, I don't recommend a magnet. Um, there are other things that you can do. Some stones, some people like to put them in water. Again, make sure it's water. (laughs) It's not going to disintegrate. One of the ways that I use is I use incense or smudging. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can place crystals on a nice long slab of selenite, which is very, selenite's very inexpensive and it's a great, great cleanser for crystals. Okay. It's white. It's pretty, but it's not, it doesn't hold up well. So you be, be gentle with it but you can line your your crystals up right along the selenite and they will charge overnight. You can use a quartz cluster uh, uh, and place your stones on a quartz cluster to do that as well. Some people like to bury their stones in sand. Some people like to sprinkle them with sea salt. What I'm gonna say is there's really no, there's no wrong way if it resonates with you 
that's what you do. You can even simply pick the stone up, put it in your palm and blow on it. That's giving prana. That's putting prana into the into the crystal. So there are many, many ways to, to go ahead and cleanse it, but I do recommend it. And I always cleanse all of my crystals after a healing. Uh, it's very important. So yes. And then like also charging a crystal is that, I feel like I've heard someone say that, like, do you put them in the sun or by the moon at night or something? Okay. Well, I'm a moon girl. <laughs> okay. I'm all about the moon. I okay. don't resonate with the sun. So personally, I charge my crystals under moonlight. Now, okay. it depends upon what my intent is. If I am looking for abundance, I am going to put my crystals out when it is completely dark and the moon is called a dark moon or a new moon. That's when all manifest manifestation and all that excitement is possible. And I will- because you would think that it would be opposite, right? I know, I but right, like, exactly. It's kind it, of, so. it's, it's, it's the opposite of what you would think. But uh -huh. when the moon is dark, that's when you want to put out all your manifestation. And as the moon begins to wax and get larger, that's when you're focusing on abundance. So remember, you don't, in other words, if you get a crystal and you want to use it, you don't have to wait. Like if you really want to use it, just go out there and put it, you know, put it in the sun or the moon, whatever resonates. But if you're looking, let's say you're, you're looking to, um, to release anything, you want to release illness, you want to lose weight you want to release negativity, you're going to charge that particular crystal as the moon is getting smaller. So the moon after the moon is full, as the moon starts to wane, that's when you want to put those crystals out. Sunlight, certain crystals, you have to be careful because they fade in the sun. Amethyst is a biggie that oh, will wow. fade. So certain crystals, you know, so for me personally, I just find that the moon is, is just, it, it's fabulous and it doesn't <laughs> cause any damage, no harm. I can leave them out overnight and I bring them in before the sun is fully up. And that works for me. So interesting. Thank you for sharing that. So Kelsey knows that I'm a big stone person and I actually mm -hmm. keep them like in my bra and on my body and whatever. And um, if for a, somebody who's going through fertility, if they had to keep one, let's say with them all the time, like in their bra or their pocket or whatever, I do my bra just so it's by my skin, but what would you suggest for that? Like, is there one that would be more powerful or not necessarily? Well, I'm all about three. Okay. So that would be like asking me to eat one potato chip out of the bed. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> it's not going to happen. Honestly, I am all about what I call the power of three. So if I, I can't even narrow it down to one stone personally, okay. if you have okay. a stone that resonates with you, carry it. But for me, it would be three stones, even if they're small. Um, and the first one that I would pick would be the um, carnelian. Mm -hmm. I would then use red jasper. And I would use green aventurine to hit those three chakra points. Okay, awesome. And then what about doing a session with you like right before you're doing a transfer or retrieval? Like, do you feel that that the timing is important or does that not really matter too much? You know, as far as I'm concerned, there's never a bad time to have a session Okay, it's up to the individual. And, you know, the other thing too, is I never say, it's not like if you were to have a healing with me, I'm going to turn around and say, okay, you need three sessions or six sessions. I don't work that way. Mm -hmm. I feel that you will come back if you feel the need. It's a very no pressure kind of 
environment. It's all for the greater good. So mm-hmm. it's not about what time does it need to be done. It's not about what day of the week. It's not about how many times. When you feel the time is right, that's when you have your session. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Totally. And then I'm going to take it one step further and say, let's let's say you're kind of in that two-week period where we're waiting to see if you are pregnant or not. Do you recommend still using the stones at that time? Or is the energy field not good when a baby is trying to implant? You know what I mean? Okay. Like, do we not want to mess with that? Or is it good to still have energy going to that area? To me, there is never a time to not use a crystal. Okay. I use crystals for various things in my personal life every single day. So I really, there's no, you're not going to jinx anything. Crystal therapy, as well as sound therapy can never hurt. It can only help. Okay. The worst case scenario, the worst case scenario is you feel more relaxed after a session or after you use crystals for yourself. That's the worst case scenario. There's really no detriment to it at all. It's non-invasive. It's gentle. It's inexpensive. And it's so doable. Awesome. Can you give us a, a, like a demonstration of some of the sound therapy, if you have that available? Sure, I can. I I can't give you a crystal demonstration, unfortunately. (laughs) I can totally, uh, I can go ahead and do that. And and what I would like to do, um, first of all, if we have a quick second, is Mm -hmm. say that basically when it comes to vibrational therapy, which goes back to the times of ancient Greece, it just, these modalities have been around forever. We just forgot about them because mm-hmm. we got so involved in Western medicine. Um, wow. Basically what happens is the musical instrument creates sound, which creates vibration. And when that happens, every cell in your body gets a massage. <laughs> I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's really incredible. And again, easy and doable. And it shifts molecules and hormones. An example, nitric acid and oxytocin are released during a sound therapy session. Now, nitric, mm-hmm. nitric oxide, that's a molecule in our body that we produce and it helps our cells communicate with each other by transmitting signals throughout the body. Oxytocin, that's the love chemical. And that is both a hormone and a neurotransmitter. So sound vibration stimulates all of these things. And I love to use both. I use both modalities when I'm doing a session. I use crystals as well as sound therapy to bring you the best healing experience possible in my world. Also, before I play, very important is visualization. The entire process of visualization is so beneficial to this. Picture a healthy baby, picture a healthy pregnancy. Um, I'm a very big believer in the aspect of law of attraction that deals with what you say, what you think is what you'll manifest. Mm -hmm. I'm fertile. I'm a great mom and sing it. The voice is also an instrument for sound healing. So if you don't have a guitar handy or you don't have a drum, sing. And when you are pregnant, babies love it. Yeah. (laughs) So yes, um, what I what what I would like to do is I'm just gonna um, give you an example of a few of the bowls. Uh, the first one I will play is tuned. My bowls, my Tibetan bowls, are tuned to the frequencies of each chakra. So I'll give you a taste of the earth, the sacral, uh, as well as the heart chakra, and then I'll just do a little bit of drummings just so you can experience it. And all I ask is what if you wouldn't mind now, and anybody who's listening 
just close your eyes. Take some nice, slow breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. And just let the sound bath wash over you. root chakra that was awesome so cool yes and then the heart chakra say also that shamanic drumming is amazing for headaches which also sounds counterintuitive but trust me if any of you own a shamanic drum or you can go ahead on google and you can uh, have one of you know download a shamanic drumming session it helps change your brain waves put you into a theta state and it's amazing for pain relief as well like to break up the energy with some chimes. Nothing feels bad about that. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, so cool. So Kelsey and I both have ear headphones on, which I feel like was just amplified with the energy and the tones that were happening. And you could feel it like in each ear and the brain waves almost, which are similar to binary beats. Rita, I don't know if you're familiar with those. Yes, I am. When I use the tuning forks, I use that as well. Very, very beneficial. Right. And I tell a lot of my clients that the the binary beats are really good meditations, right? So um, that was so cool. Thank you for showing us that example. This is a little off topic, but I wanted to ask you, have you ever read the book Spirit Babies? No, I have not. Okay. Because they do talk about the different chakras and colors and the chants and, um, you know, connecting you with your child and everything. But 
Um, it's a lot about what we talked about today. So it's just like, uh, you should totally read it if you ever get I a chance. I think I definitely will. I'm always looking for another good book to read, to, yeah. uh, to expand. I'm, I'm an avid reader. So that sounds amazing. And I, I'm definitely going to explore it. Yeah. Oh my well, gosh. Thank you so much, Rita, for your time today. It's so helpful. I know that this is going to reach a lot of women that are going through their fertility and you know, they'll join the club of adding all the rocks to their bag, like you have, or to their bra, like I have. So exactly, all mine down. <laughs> it has to be looked at as not as an alternative therapy. It's a complementary therapy because I would right. never tell anyone not to go seek medical advice or a doctor, but mm -hmm. it will complement any current modality that you're using. Right. And I always say when you're in it, it's like, bring it, bring it on. Give me all the things that will help. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Know. So thank you so much for educating us in this realm today. You're so very welcome. And thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. Real quick, Rita, where can we find you? Okay. So I'm not a social media kind of gal. That's okay. <laughs> of many of my clients, but I can be reached on my website, ritasreadings.com. There's an S at the end of Rita and an S at the end of reading. So it's ritasreadings.com. Like what city are you located in also? I'm in Massapequa, Long Island. Okay. You're but I have clients it. everywhere. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. I'll yep. have to go look at the website. So yeah, thank you yeah, so Rita much. Rita has today. read for me many times. So I highly recommend Rita doing card readings or the healings or whatever it may be. So if anybody's out there and curious, I can definitely vouch for her. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for including me in this. And I wish bright blessings to all of you for a happy, fabulous rest of your year. Thanks, Thanks Rita. Rita. Have a okay. good day. You Bye. too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Pretty Little Tribe. And if you related to this episode, take a screenshot and hashtag Pretty Little Tribe because we want to see those in our DMs so then we can share them in our story too and give you some love back. Of course, if you have a topic idea or want to be on the podcast, email us at prettylittletribe at gmail.com. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks again for joining your tribe today and we will see you next time.